What can Baker Mayfield's trade to the Carolina Panthers tell us about the Los Angeles Rams? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts, easy for me to say, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Travis Rogers. Not only do I host Locked on Rams, I also host the Rams pre- and post-game show on their flagship station, ESPN 710, right here in Los Angeles. Why don't you click that subscribe button while you're doing this? That way you can get Locked on Rams in your feed every day and Check us out on Locked on Rams on YouTube as well. It's a great way to take in the podcast. Okay, here are the things that I want to get into on the pod today. I want to talk about Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson getting a chance to know each other a little bit and getting to improve with each other a little bit, despite the fact that they really haven't worked together in any meaningful way. That's coming up before too long. Aaron Donald has another accolade that he could put into his trophy case, but this time I want to talk about what comes after the accolade. So that's coming up in just a little bit as well. But let's start with this. We saw some news yesterday that, and not a huge surprise, but Baker Mayfield was finally traded from the uh, Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers. We knew that Mayfield was on the move as soon as the Browns decided that they were okay having Deshaun Watson as a member of their team. Pause for effect right there, right? Uh, okay, good. Deshaun Watson's a good football player, but we'll see. Okay. Um, and you knew that Mayfield was the odd man out. So he was the number one pick in the draft a couple of years ago, uh, which made me think of the Rams and the fact that they had the number one pick in the draft a couple of years ago with Jared Goff. Um couple of things going on here. Let's just talk about draft picks very quickly here uh, and what the Rams, I think, are very good at doing and what they've learned uh, from maybe some of their own mistakes and maybe just by seeing some mistakes that some other people have made along the way as well. Think about the draft picks, uh, the quarterbacks specifically, that went in the draft where Baker Mayfield was taken number one. There were five quarterbacks taken in the first round of that draft. Mayfield was one. Um, Sam Darnold, who's now his backup in Carolina, was number three. You had Josh Allen go inside the top ten. You had Josh Rosen go at number ten. And then way at the back of the first round, the final pick in the first round, number 32, Lamar Jackson. Of those five players, how many are good NFL quarterbacks? Good to very good NFL quarterbacks. Two. 40% of them, right? Two of those guys. Lamar Jackson, who was taken last of those five guys, the final pick in the first round, has been an MVP and is a difference maker in the NFL. He's he's terrific. Um, Josh Allen is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and he was the one that I think a lot of people had the most question marks about because of the, the, the place that he had played in college in Wyoming, that he wasn't terribly accurate, et cetera, et cetera. He's the other one that's really, really good. Josh Rosen couldn't buy a, you know, he's going to got to buy a ticket to get into an NFL game right now. Sam Darnold has been incredibly disappointing and bad luck in going to the Jets. That's kind of going to poison anybody along the way. And Baker Mayfield has been mediocre, right? Probably mediocre. So the point is, you don't know exactly what it is you're going to get in the draft. Maybe you get Lamar Jackson. Maybe you get Josh Rosen. You just don't know what it's going to be along the way, which is why when you saw 
Mayfield go from Cleveland to Carolina yesterday got me thinking about what the Rams don't do and what they've been very, very good about, what Carolina is doing, what Cleveland was doing in acquiring Deshaun Watson, what we've seen a lot of these NFL teams do, and good teams almost never do it. And the Rams fall into the category of a good team that almost never does this. They chase. They chase it. They chase a bad bet with another bad bet. They chase a bad bet with subsequent ideas on how to cover up the mistake or to live with the mistake or any of these things. Think about it. Cleveland is in the position that they're in where they had to take an opportunity to go get Deshaun Watson, paid an incredibly high price to go get him because they missed on the overall number one pick. But what they did is they took a guy that while he's a very good football player, is hardly a sure thing, right? As far as the football goes, really good. As far as just whether or not he's going to be available to you, whether or not he's going to do something crazy, I don't know. The Browns, the Texans clearly didn't feel like they could live with him anymore. So they're chasing it. They're chasing the Mayfield thing by chasing the Watson thing. And if that doesn't work, they're going to have to chase it again with somebody else. Look at what Carolina has done since they drafted Cam Newton. They've been doing nothing but chasing it. Chasing it with Sam Darnold, chasing it with Baker Mayfield, chasing it with Cam Newton coming back, chasing it with all the different players that they've put behind center along the way, and they just haven't found a way to get it done. Look at the bad teams in the NFL. Look at how they're constantly trying for a new quarterback or a new star uh, uh, skill player along the way. The Rams don't chase it. They have an idea and then they execute it, and then once they've executed that plan, they start to stock the cupboards. So when that plan is over, they have people ready to step in right now. The Rams drafted Jared Goff number one overall uh, five years ago, six years ago. Um, Didn't work out. And and when I say it didn't work out, I mean, they did go to the Super Bowl with him, but they realized they were kind of capped out. And instead of just kind of chasing it in a way, they said, okay, we need to identify the guy that's the right guy. Who is the guy that's available? Who's the guy that can do it is? And it's not just what we think it's going to work. It needs to work. Matthew Stafford. They identified Andrew Whitworth. They've obviously they got Aaron Donald, which kind of changes everything. You go and you take, I'll take Odell. I'll take Jalen Ramsey. I'll take Von Miller. All of these guys that they've gone and got either as free agents or in trade acquisitions or whatever it might be, and it just fits. And then at the same time, they draft guys. At the same time, they'll have, while the Andrew Whitworth is ready to go, we draft our left tackle of the future. And maybe he's not going to play right away. Maybe we're going to get him up to speed, but they have the pieces in place. They'll take some chances, but they're not constantly trying to cover a mistake by making a bigger one. Todd Gurley, they made a mistake, right? They made a mistake. They gave him a lot of money. didn't work out. Paying running backs, probably not the right thing to do as we're learning. And instead of going and getting another one, they just said, okay, you know what? We're out. We're out of the Todd Gurley business. We're going to let him go. We'll pay it. We're going to let it expire. And we're going to keep it moving from there. They don't double. They're going to make mistakes. Everybody in anything makes mistakes, whether you're an NFL team or whatever it is you do for a living, what I do for a living, we all make mistakes, right? But the really good teams, they don't compound a mistake with a bigger one and a bigger one, and now you're chasing. When I saw the Carolina Panthers make that move for Baker Mayfield yesterday, Baker Mayfield is fine. He's not. Carolina's not going to be a good team. They're going to be about what they would have been with Sam Darnold, maybe slightly better, but they're not better than Tampa. They're not better than New Orleans. They might be better than Atlanta. That's not a playoff team. What did you do exactly? Not much. You chased your tail along the way. That's something that the Rams have been very good at not doing. Something else they've been very good at doing is putting Aaron Donald in the lineup, and he's a very good football player. And it's not just my opinion. Another accolade for AD99. That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about what is 
basically a game changer in the built bar world, right? We've talked about my favorite coconut almond. Um, we've talked about how they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, how they taste great, how they're good for you. They're packed with protein. They're low in sugar. All of the things we like talked about the mud pie. We've talked about all of the ones that I really, really like. Well, how about this? A coconut brownie chunk puff. That's right. All the flavor you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It is a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. I just like saying that. A fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Here's how you can do it. It's the summer and you want to make good choices. You want to look good. You want to make sure that you're feeling your best. Why don't you load up wherever you have your snacks around the house, in the cupboard, in your car, in your desk, wherever it is that you got it. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your core, your, your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 at Built built.com to get 15% off of your order at built.com and get in on those puffs. Okay. So this time of year is when you're going to see a lot of lists of rosters, positional lists of rankings and all of these things, because we're just about ready to dive back into it full speed uh, and kind of seeing where everybody is as we go into it at this point. So there are positional lists and they pull uh, coaches, players, executives, ESPN has a list along the way. And the question was uh, top defensive tackles. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no big surprise here that Aaron Donald not only was the winner of that poll, but he was a unanimous winner of that poll. This is what uh, Jeremy Fowler wrote on ESPN.com. Zero quotes or argument needed here. Donald got every single first place vote. He's a three time defensive player of the year with 98 sacks in eight seasons. His 26.7 pass rush win rate, hard for me to say, was nearly seven points higher than just any other defensive tackle in 2021. And the Rams just gave him 40 million in additional contract money just for being him. An NFC scout said, I just try to appreciate his greatness, but I don't have to play him as a guard. You know, it, it got me to thinking. Um, Aaron Donald is the best in the business. It's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of uh, other executives, other coaches, other players, people that that do these things for a living, right? This is, this is they, they make their business like this. Um, you do not have to be a football expert to understand that Aaron Donald is the best player at his position. Aaron Donald might be the best player in the league. And, and I don't, you know, might feels like a qualifier that almost doesn't even have. Aaron Donald is the best football player in the league. Let me say it like that. But as I was reading that, as I was looking at this, uh, Jalen Ramsey was ranked as the top outside corner. Like the, the Rand, Cooper Cup is going to be very near the top of the wide receiver. All, all of these things, right? They have a lot, a lot of good players. But I don't know if Jalen Ramsey is the greatest player ever at his position. I don't think Cooper Cup is the greatest player ever at his position. These guys are great players and currently maybe at the top of their games relative to the other guys in the league. Aaron Donald is the greatest player in the history of football at his position. Okay. What comes next? What, what do you do when you don't have that guy anymore? Now, now, thankfully, that's not something that anybody has to worry about for a while. Thankfully, that's not something that you have to worry about this this upcoming season or the season after that or the season after that. That Aaron Donald is still that, that I, I think that when the inevitable decl decline comes, right? Father time is undefeated. It happens to everybody. When it does come for him, it's going to be relatively gradual. This is not going to be where one year he's fantastic and the next year, like, wait, he hasn't gotten to the quarterback all year. They're running right at him. I don't think that's how it's going to go. The way he takes care of his body, the way that he prepares, the just the way that he's wired in his brain to compete is special. 
and, and he's going to continue to be special. But at some point, it starts to get less. And, and I don't even want to say this out loud because I do believe in karma and the universe and vengeful gods of sports teams listening and not liking people getting uh, overly confident or, or bringing bad mojo into the, the, the conversation. Let me just put it like this. What if Aaron Donald is unavailable for a period of time? Okay, we know what that means. What if he's um, nursing a small, nagging little injury? Okay, maybe it's something a little bit more than that, right? We just don't know. What are the Rams? What are they? Are they built to succeed with him at either A, unavailable, or B, something that's not quite the best version of himself? Because here's what we're talking about. Think of all the things we we think of when you think of Aaron Donald, that he can get to the quarterback, that he's a great leader, that he's strong, that he's quick, that he's fast, that he leverage, all, all of these things. What the guy is, is remarkably durable. Remarkably durable. He doesn't really get hurt. I mean, he's got all the things that every football player has, but he plays, and he plays at a really high level. There's one example of where he wasn't quite right. You know it, and I know it. That playoff game against the Packers a couple of years ago where he had the rib injury and he just – not only was he not Aaron Donald, he was nobody. He couldn't play. He was completely ineffective. Um, he was hurt, right? It, it happens. Rams couldn't stop anybody. The, the, the Rams – and again, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's the Packers. It's Lambeau Field. It's not like you're playing the, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. I, it was a good team, and the Rams were in the game, but it was different. And I think that's what Les Snead, I think that's what uh, Aaron, I should say Sean McVay, are always kind of balancing and, and trying to figure out exactly what they are without the best player in football. Because at some point, you're going to have to play with them. At some point, you might have to play a week. You might have to play a couple of weeks. Hopefully, it's not any longer than that. But what can you do if he's not there? Changes everything, right? Because th think about how we started this. This is somebody that is... Not just Rams fans think, oh, my guy's the best. Okay, of course, right? We're always going to think our guys are a little bit better than their guys. That's just the nature of being a fan. This is universally accepted that he's the best at what he does. It's pretty much a universal truth that he's the best defensive player in the whole league, never position aside. It's pretty widely accepted that he's the best defensive player ever, or it's certainly on a short list with guys like Lawrence Taylor, guys like Reggie White. He's in that class of people. So what happens if he's not there? I think that's a really interesting question for the Rams. I think that's a really interesting question for what comes after that. And, of course, what happens in the event that you have the similar situation to what happened in the Packers. Because think about it. What happened in the NFC Championship game? Aaron Donald got to the quarterback. What happened in the Super Bowl? Aaron Donald got to the quarterback. What did Sean McVay say as that game was winding down? This is where Aaron Donald makes a play. What happened? Aaron Donald made a play. He is irreplaceable. And you're not going to draft another one. You're not going to trade for one. You're not going to sign one in free agency. You need to maximize every possible moment that you have with this man because they do not come around very often. And the Rams have one and enjoy every single moment while it's here. Somebody that they did get in free agency, Allen Robinson says he's already doing work with Matthew Stafford, even though they haven't thrown a pass yet. How do you do that? That's next on Locked on Rams. So we know that the Rams have been incredibly active in free agency. They've been incredibly active in trades and that that's how they've gone about building their roster. And Allen Robinson was probably uh, along with Bobby Wagner, the two biggest names that they acquired uh, last off season, last free agency uh, period. Um, 
and he's really good. And he's been, he was good in Jacksonville with bad quarterbacks. He was good in Chicago with bad quarterbacks. And now that he's got a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford in LA, I think the possibilities are sky high, sky high. Let's start with this. What did we learn about Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup a year ago? Keep in mind, Matthew Stafford came over uh, from Detroit, had an offseason, you know, did, did the things that you do during the offseason. But Cup and Stafford were like this, right? They, they were just peas in a pod when it came to understanding each other. And what did, how, how, did the, how did you accelerate that? Because Goff and Cup had developed a, a little rapport, but they played a bunch of seasons together. It makes some sense. Um, you know, you got Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, and I'm not comparing the two things, but just when you play a lot together with a guy, you start to understand, okay, I know he likes to do this. I know this is what he's looking at. I know this. He knows this is what I'm looking at. Let's find a way to get this thing done together. And he and Cooper Cup accelerated that process by spending a ton of time together, by going to breakfast together, by watching all of the just the little things, not just at practice and in meetings, but extra stuff along the way. Right. And that combination led to Matthew Stafford winning his first ever Super Bowl and Cooper Cup winning the Triple Crown, okay? Now, obviously, they're also very, very good at what they do, but there was some extra work along the way. And why wouldn't there be? Allen Robinson, who was new to the game, said something really interesting, I thought, which I think bodes really well for where he is in his development of the Rams. Because keep in mind, Matthew Stafford had uh, some treatments on his elbow during the offseason, so he has been very limited in his throwing. In fact, hasn't really thrown at all and hasn't thrown to Allen Robinson in any meaningful way in any of the OTAs, mini camps, any of that stuff. But here's what he had to say. One thing that I've learned as a receiver, you want to make sure you're on the same page as the quarterback. So for me, it's being in constant communication with Matthew about what he's seeing. Even throughout the spring with him not throwing as we're running routes, I'm asking him about certain timing, what he's seeing with my routes. Am I taking too long here? A little too much at the top. Just making sure we have a great cohesive relationship and we're seeing seeing things through the same sets of eyes and I'm on his timing. Okay? I, I would imagine that that's not terribly out of the ordinary, but I think it's important. Because what I'm hearing when I hear that is, okay, I don't know how the ball comes out of your hand right now. I don't know what the velocity of you, you know, he's working with Bryce Perkins. He's working with John Wolford and Matthew Stafford's arm is different than those guys, right? It's just different. And what he wants, what he needs in a route, the timing of it all, that until you get on that same page, until you see that ball come and he knows this is how he comes out of that break and we can put all the pieces together. It, it, it's it's a guessing game, but if you're talking about what you're seeing through the whole thing, if you're going through it play by play, even though the ball's not coming out of hand, hey, when I you saw what I saw, what does this mean for you? When this guy goes that way, I go that way, right? Just the, the talking of the football out of it all can't do anything but accelerate the process when, in fact, he does get on the field and when they are working together because he's got a quarterback for the first time in his life that is not just an NFL player, a really good NFL player, a Pro Bowl player, borderline Hall of Fame player. He could come in here and be the guy that everybody goes, I knew Allen Robinson was good, but I didn't know he was like this. That's that's a huge difference that the Rams have not had, uh, I should say that Allen Robinson has not had before. And it's just another tool in, uh, in Stafford's tool belt that he can deploy whenever he wants. And the sooner he knows how to use that tool, the sooner that the, the, the receiver knows what he needs. Think, think about it like this. That play that I've talked about a lot um, in the Super Bowl, the no-look pass to Cooper Cup, I'm looking my right, I'm throwing it to my left, right? That play that set up the game-winning touchdown uh, for Cup later on. 
that does not happen just because, hey, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a no-look pass right here in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and we'll hope it works out. It's a play that they had talked about over and over again. That's a pass that I'm sure he had thrown him over and over again in practice, in minicamps, in OTA, in training camp, goofing around, whatever it might be. Hey, you know what I can do? You know, sometimes I like to – you have to you have to develop those things. And they're only going to get developed with time. They're only going to get developed with repetition. And if we can't do it physically, if I can't actually throw him the ball, we can talk about it. And maybe it's only half of what it should be, but it's better than no part of what it should be. And hopefully by the time you get to camp, which is just around the corner, and hopefully by the time that that happens, Matthew Stafford's elbow is ready to go and they can get those repetitions in there. And then when you have that first game against Buffalo, it's like they've been doing it for a really long time. Because the second year of Cup and Stafford, I think has the potential to be even better than the first year. And the first year was a Super Bowl championship and a triple ground for, for a Cooper Cup. So I think that the bar is pretty high, and I actually do think it could be a little bit better along the way. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rams. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen the Locked on Rams NFL podcast, our national NFL experts and insiders, keeping fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason does not equal a break in the action. Click that subscribe button both in your podcast feed and our Locked on Rams YouTube channel. Until next time, whose house? It's Locked on Rams' house.